making a sweet tagine with um i'm making a some pita bread i'm gonna make some real sweet pita bread and then from from there probably make a cheesecake cupcakes because i've been Ooh. man i've been making cheesecake cupcakes every day did you did you guys like that cheesecake i sent did anybody else try it that yes no okay. you didn't oh yeah 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 you did no yeah, did you send John's cheesecake it. yeah big old chunk like a quarter of the cake Bombers. Oh, I might have eaten it then. I don't think I let anybody else have any. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because that one was real tart. And I, I try not to make them that tart. But recently, I've been making my cheesecake cupcakes really sweet, but not too oh. sweet. Just like yeah. the perfect. And then I got really good at putting blueberries into it. So oh. blueberries and, and fruits and stuff. Because I put veg- uh, vegetables. I put fruits in it a couple of times. And man, it, t- it, it, didn't, it didn't work. So I figured out how to Yeah, because there's a lot that, of liquid so. in it, right? Yeah, and it messed up my cheesecake so bad. But now getting it down to a little science, I'm pretty, especially with that KitchenAid we have, we have that commercial pro professional five series. So move Dang. on over. They, yeah, like, I love, why, I why love you, cheesecake. Like, why are you baking so much? I'm like, because I enjoy baking. Get out of my face. <laughs> She's like, shut up, shut up. I'm like, hey, hey, don't be homophobic. So, but hey, guys, anyways, welcome to another episode of Tin Foil Thoughts. Never too crazy. It's never too, it's never too crazy. I don't forget your lines. <laughs> so uh, today's episode, guys, I, hey, thanks for joining us because you caught us at a weird moment. I'm over here just catching up because, you know, it is what it is. So our episode for today is, is a topic that you kind of threw me off a little bit because normally you give me a little bit more advance. I felt like you sent it to me 30 minutes before. So I did. Um, this, I'm be honest. I, I forgot. I thought today was Tuesday, and I was like, "Oh, oh I'll make enough. a little list." And then I was like, "Oh, I'm driving. I'm out of time. Here's our topic." <laughs> I want to be honest with you. I completely forgot because we have so many things going on before a special occasion is about to happen. It could happen at any moment. Yes. So I was so preoccupied. Uh, I bet. Eventually, I'll tell. Yeah. So I until I looked at the clock, it was like eight forty-five, and I was like, "Oh no." I think I have a podcast today, especially that Marius was busy yesterday. So it kind of just disappeared. I was like, yeah. it is what it is. So, but anyways. I know. I was like but, laying uh, down too. And I was like, oh, I got to go. We were all watching a movie. <laughs> what movie are you guys watching? But I picked a topic. I thought you wouldn't really have to do too much. Uh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Too much thought on too, because I figured it was kind of like just throwing it out there. And I'm trying to, I figured if, if I was showing up. You'd show up, but if I was like, I got to cancel, then you'd be like, all right, good, because I'm busy. <laughs> hey, 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 as long as it was, what if you would have said I canceled, you canceled. But anyways, guys, look at us. This ain't even a podcast anymore. It turned into a conversation. So, <laughs> But today's topic, guys, is going to be La Llorona, which is a Mexican, like, it's not witchcraft. It's not, for, for anybody who listens who's not familiar with Mexican tradition, La Llorona is one of those things that the parents like to scare you with. So I'll, yep. if you want to real quick, if you want to look up the actual definition, I'll give everyone the breakdown of just what kids know growing up without ever having Google or any kind of duck, duck, go to search it. So uh, when you're a kid, if parents want to put you to sleep early and you don't want to listen, yep. she's going to come get you. You don't know who she is until later on they explain more details, but oh, you're not trying to go to sleep? 
is 9.30. You know who comes out at 9.30? No, I don't. I who know. comes out? La Llorona, pendejo. Like, oh. <laughs> the Llorona got me crying, too. Shit. But the Llorona, for you non-Spanish speakers, La Llorona means the crying lady. Now, the crying lady you learn as a kid that she, at one point, she catches her husband cheating on her, and she gets mad. She freaks out. So she has two kids. It's always different, whether it's two girls, two boys, or boy, girl. It's always a little different. And she gets mad and she actually takes them. There's two versions where she's giving them a bath that night and she drowns them both in the bathtub. Yeah. And there's I also a version that. where she where she gets mad and she actually takes them out because she lived by a ravine and she drowns them in the ravine. She takes them out there. She convinces them to go out there and she drowns them in the ravine. So after she kills them, she starts bawling. She starts crying about what she just did. So she ends up committing suicide. She kills herself. At that point, God does not allow her or the higher powers don't allow her to ever find peace until she finds the souls of her two children that she murdered, but she'll never find them. She has to walk the earth forever looking for those. So anytime you go out to, yeah, she was cursed. She was one of those demon cursed type of uh, situations. So as a kid, it's very, it's very deceptive because a lot of people don't realize we grew up kind of in a country area. So for example, if a cat, is in heat or something out in the distance, a cat yeah, in heat, yeah. it wails. And that's when the parents could look at you and like, it's 9.30, pendejo. What are you still <laughs> doing up? She's looking for you. And it's always looking for you, okay? they make The, the parents make it seem like the Yorona's looking for you, which is kind of messed up because it's scary. I'm going to be honest. Even as an adult, you know, it's kind of scary. I, I remember the other day when I brought this topic up to you, I went on YouTube and I looked up La Yorona. Now, did I get scared? I did. And I, I never well, get scared. Mu- it's weird. There's a full, few mu- movies out now. Man, I can't even speak. Uh, a full moon tomorrow? Yeah, there that, is. No, no, no. There's a few movies out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember One's actually pretty good. It. The recent one's pretty good, actually. I don't know if you've seen that Oh, one. okay. I didn't see it. I don't usually watch a lot of scary movies, so. Okay. Just because the kids get scared and they're usually awake with okay. us. so we never That's the bother. fun part. You better go to sleep. She's coming for you. If I don't see your kids getting scared next time I see them about the La Llorona, you're not a good parent. How about that? <laughs> you're not a real Hispanic parent because she's always after us Hispanic people, you know? So Yeah, I think, I think you... in, in Maurice's culture, it's La, oh, I'm going to butcher it, Buba Yuga or something. Booba, he's going to listen to this and be like, what? It sounds like a fist fighter in the highway. What's up, girl? <laughs> Why'd you cut me off? Booba, you should She sounds on. like an old grandma. Scared. I'm like, oh, yeah? Exactly. She's going to drown she you. Co- <laughs> yeah, exactly. This girl crazy. I got my money on the Mexican girl. Right? She always blows crazy. Know. Yeah, babushka, get out of here. What, she going to make me some dough? Babushka, yeah, that's what pie? it is. Babushka. <laughs> babushka, get out of my face with that. that is, that's not scary at all. You know, what's, you know what's scary? The lady who killed her own kids, and she's looking for me. She killed her own kids. She ain't going to give a damn about me. What's wrong with well, you? Well, it's funny because growing up, I always confused I always confused La Llorona and Bloody Mary for some reason. Like, I always close. thought okay. they were That's very I always close. thought they very were similar. the same person, but, like, okay. just variations of the same person. But then as I would get, I always got told the La Llorona story, but I never really knew bloody mary story okay and i just remember as kids you know you go into the restroom and you're like bloody mary bloody mary bloody mary you know and she pops up and you know it was like some like little dare that you did in the restroom hey Hey, spoiler alert she never showed up for us 
Never did. All that ever happened, the teacher kicked open the door and said, get the hell out. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Or you got you also, scared yourself and you started running around because you're yeah, like, what you get, was that? You get, the he- you get the hibbity-bajibbities. That's the worst part. When you scare yourself and your hairs go up, you're like, oh, no. But you're also talking to a kid. Quick, quick by story, but by story, quick uh, side story. But when I was in first or second grade, I think it was first grade, we, you know, the bathrooms in the elementary schools don't have doors. So, you know, we'd always go into the, into the bathrooms and we'd do crazy stuff. Well, at one point <laughs> it, it went from like, La Llorona is going to happen. So, or the, the Lechusa, I think somebody, some Mexican kid, the white kids had no idea what they were doing. So we're like, that's the owl lady, right? Yeah. I don't know. I was confused. I, I just went There's with the so Mexican kid because, because he knew what yeah. was going on. So Lechusa, we're going to see the Lechusa today. I'm like, let's go. I was always in, you know, for no reason. <laughs> So we end up doing the thing. We turned the lights off and stuff like that. But at the time, you had to stick a pencil into the little switch because it was a little. It's a little knob that you have to stick a pencil. It's not just a switch. So the oh, Mexican yeah, so boy is can... the only one that really knew how to do it. He taught us how to do it. So he went in there. He killed the lights, and we're like, he's like doing his little thing, and all of a sudden the lights kick back on. One of the teachers walks in. She looks, and two of the boys are pissing in the drain in the bathroom. So two of the white boys, Brian Lang, and what's the other guy? James Wachowski. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were peeing in the drain. So the teacher just looked and two Mexicans doing voodoo in the mirror and two white kids peeing in the drain with their <laughs> pants down. <laughs> oh my god. She got so mad at us. We all have to go to the to the to the principal's office. I was like, man, that's some busted ass oh, excuse my language, pardon my language. That's some busted witchcraft we were trying to do. So that's just kids for you. So I guarantee you if someone else was there and they, they made a story about it, it'd be some weird, you know possession story about you know white kids peeing in the drain so white kids be crazy guys i hate to break it to you guys <laughs> i know like, most mexicans of my, are weird most of the the craziest stuff that i ever remember what they were with with the the country the country yeah. white kids growing up i was like you guys are little nuts you well, guys are doing some yeah. wild stuff <laughs> that i'll give them an excuse if you're country and you just doing crazy stuff you're making your own diesel fuel in a shed more power to you. We're talking about Brian <laughs> Lang. His mom was responsible for his administration board there at the school district. <laughs> so, yeah, he wasn't no hillbilly. This he knew just what keeps he was getting doing. worse. <laughs> He's just trying to see things. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, let me see it. Okay. So, long story short, Brian Lang molested all of us. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> too far. Too far. Too far. <laughs> too far. Too far. Okay. Back to the story. So, La Llorona won't do that to you. But Brian Lang will. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I'm going to have a, a, a cease and desease. A cease and desease. <laughs> okay, anyways. Well, well here's, a, here's kind of an interesting thing. I'll cut that out. I'll so cut the, that out. The... No, he's not. <laughs> You'll regret this long term, but you're not cutting it out. <laughs> well, the, the La Llorona story that um, I kind of remember is that a indigenous woman falls in love with a conquistador or a Spaniard and they're okay for a while. And then he kind of gets bored of her. There's a few variations, like you said, between them. And she stumbles upon him cheating on her. And then in a fit of rage, you know, she drowns her children and um, then she instantly regrets it. And then, you know, unalives herself and she gets cursed. Right. So the the interesting thing that I found was that there's a person called uh, La Malinche or Marina. Hey, hey, watch your mouth. You watch your mouth. And, so the, the term is actually used. 
the term is actually used. Um, so it's kind of torn. Some people find her as a, she's a real historical figure, by the way. And the parallels between her and La Llorona are very, um, very, uh, I don't know what the word is. I wanted to say uncanny, but um, now I'm trying to use very words. Similar. I don't know definitions to right now. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're very, they're very similar. Um, and it's interesting because around the origin time of uh, La Llorona was around the time of Marina or La, La um, Malinche. So it's interesting that these two played together. Now, obviously, the story of the Wailing Woman is kind of dates back. I mean, there's Aztec, there's Aztec, <laughs> there's Aztec stories. There's a goddess. Um, oh God, I don't remember the the Aztec god. She was like the Snake Woman or something. So all throughout history, we can see different cultures had very similar um, kind of folklore around like a wailing woman that loses her children or she's the goddess of fertility or um, she loses her children. So then she takes other people's children because she's upset that she couldn't have children. There's there, there's different variations of this, but a real historical figure is La Malinche. And she was actually an interpreter for the um, Spanish conquistador that actually uh, conquered the Aztec empire. So she's she's a legitimate historical figure, and it's it's interesting because she, uh, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, whoever needs a cough button, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, we don't have. I'm one doing anymore. this. Got rid of it. I'm sick, and I'm doing this. So this is how much I care about y'all. <laughs> I'm sick of your damn excuses. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> so she's a real historical figure. She actually gets. I think they. They go into a community, and as a um, the indigenous people, as kind of a gift to them to tell them, like, okay, we're oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, my ew, ew, disgusting. So yeah, my research shows none of what she said. I have no idea what she's talking about. La Melinche, that's the first one. You better watch your mouth. But okay, <laughs> so this is this now. This started with La Melinche. Or whatever, la pinche, whatever it is. Oh my god! Yeah, so they seem they they seem to have originated around the same time, and it seems like la yono ya lo. Oh my god! See you hear la Llorona, me? This is why I don't do la llorona because I speak Spanish. La llorona. She don't, she don't. La llorona <laughs> is a completed version of Marina or la malinche. So la, la malinche in la malinche, this she's the real version of this whole story. She's the one yes. that started this. Yeah. Okay. That's the okay. theory, anyway, because so okay. she so she's actually what year gifted. Was this? Do you know what year it was? This is around the fifteen hundreds. Fifteen hundreds. I can't remember exactly, but it's around the fifteen hundreds. And she had yeah. kids, and she killed them under the same circumstances. Well, that part that part is theory. That's why they say La Llorona is like a conflated version of a Marina gotcha. because. Okay. okay. So she's actually gifted from another indigenous tribe as they're kind of like, um, what is the word, you know, where they're just like, okay, we give, you know, we're not going to fight you anymore. Here's some gifts for you. Leave us alone. Like we don't want to fight you anymore. Yeah, the surrender. So there's, okay. I think they get gifted 10 slaves and she's one of them and she's thought to be a, no, a noble woman at the time. So she knew several different languages. So what oh, happens nice. is they figure out that she knows different languages. So the um, conquistador at the time, I forget his name now. Uh, Cort I want to say it was Cortez, but I didn't write it down because I was not interested in him for the most part. Um, 
So they actually find out that she knows various languages. So she turns into a translator for this conquistador. And what actually happens is kind of funny because it's almost like a, a game of telephone. Historically, this is um, pretty well known. So what would happen is Marina would translate would get a translation from a translator that would go through that. So it'd go from the conquistador to a translator from that translator to Marina. And then sometimes from Marina to another translator who would then translate to whoever they're trying to communicate. Cause there's so many different dialects. Right. So it was interesting that they even got any information passed from one another. I'm sure there's lots of information lost in that game of telephone that got played there was no details anyway, to you there was no details it was all like hey <laughs> water yes water eat <laughs> yes eat that was it you didn't get more details yeah so she's she's very um she's known to have been a very large factor in the conquistadors actually conquering the aztec empire and um what so that's where she's kind of a torn figure where she's the conflated version of La Llorona. And instead of weeping for her actual physical children, which she did, she fell in her and uh, she ended up being a concubine for the conquistador. And they actually had two children together, a daughter and a son. Um, And the son never really claimed her after she went away. She didn't live very long after that. And she got sent to a different, uh, she kind of got separated from them. But the conflated version is that Marina or La Malinche was Um, mourning, betraying her people, right? So it's not necessarily a child, but the fact that she betrayed her whole people in order to give, to help the Spaniards conquer this part of Mexico, right? So um, then it gets conflated into this kind of folklore tale of a, it's a one woman who kills her children and kind of turns into folklore. So that was kind of the interesting thing that I found because there is the parallels between them were, were very, very similar and um, that's, I think that was a redundant sentence, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. I see. So yeah. it was it, it was pretty interesting to, to kind of see that. And the fact that, that the term Malincha is still kind of used for someone who's, um, I asked my friend Anna, shout out to Anna. She said it can kind of mean like a lazy person, you know. But then there's some uh, people that hold her to kind of high respects because she was a victim, you know, she, she did the best that she could in her circumstances. And, um, a lot of the kind of historical evidence that they have from the indigenous people was the conquistador kind of was never shown without Marina by his side. And a lot of the depiction, she's alone by herself where they held her to kind of like a high standard and, you know, they called her Doña, which is like a a term of respect, you know, in the, in the culture. So it's, it's interesting because there's some aspects where she's held to a very high regard. And then it seems torn where she's also not held to a high regard. No, that's, it's, it's all good. Okay. So that's, for me, that's a new, that's the new part of this entire, you know, La Llorona part, because for me, the entire, the entirety of, of this like mythical tale is that I knew so many different varieties of Hispanics. So anybody from Venezuela, from Chile, from even Colombia or Mexico or Mexico City, you know, it's one of those things where they all knew the same damn story. So for some reason, as a kid, you start feeling like, oh, this could be real. Yeah. And then you have you have cats, you have like wild animals, 
we there's a lot of parks by the train tracks where we grew up. Oh yeah. And sometimes we'd go out to a park and it was called Veterans Park and you'd go out to the middle of nowhere and you'd just be out there with two or three friends. And if you listen sometimes, you could hear like so it, sometimes it'd be friends who had nothing that they had no idea what the Yorona was. So normally, you know, whether it's, you know, African-American or Caucasian people, they don't tend to know what it is. They might have heard about it, but they don't really know, you know, Hispanic. They're like, hey, yeah, a lot of them knew about the lady in the trees. That's what they call her, the owl in the tree. So I was like, oh, okay, no, that's not the Yorona. That's that's something else. And like, well, they all sound the same. But in Veterans Park, sometimes if you were out there late at night, like one, two in the morning, you would hear like the train would stop, pass by and get quiet. And then you just hear like, <laughs> like never a clear cry, man. And it would creep you out to the point where you get in the car and you knew that as soon as you're driving out of the park, someone's going to walk right in front of you, like r- literally right in front of you. Now, here's a weird thing. Like when I did my research, I didn't even get far. I was just like, ah, blah, blah, boring, boring, boring. And then I clicked on a link that showed all these YouTube videos of La Llorona. Guess what? She's always in Mexico. For some reason, she, she I think it happened in Mexico because she's always in Mexico. There's a CCTV camera that's recording an intersection. I want to say maybe for 15, 20 minutes, the, the CCTV camera that's recording the intersection just sees a lady walk into the middle of the road and she stands oh, there and she's wearing this white garb and there's, there's lights coming, so it illuminates her just right. So either someone really knows how to do CGI for CCTV or something. You know how the, CCTV catches like people disappearing and all this other stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, well, all of a sudden, the light kind of lights her up, and the car just ra- drives right through her. She just stands there, and she's moving a little bit. So it's not just like a static image. The the figure is like the 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 fabric is kind of flowing in the wind a little bit, and it's just kind of breezy, and another car drives right through her. And at one point, oh she actually God. turns and faces at the camera, and she just stares for a second and then disappears. It's like, oh, my God. So you as a viewer, when you're watching it, you're you're watching her. She's not paying attention to you. But for, before she disappears, she actually pivots and looks at the camera. And it, it creeps you out because you can't see her eyes. You just see this image looking at you because you can tell when a person is looking at you. So and then it, it just continues. There's an alleyway where this guy's talking and he's hiding. And he's like, hey, orale, wait, check this out. But he's talking in Spanish. And he's talking about, I just saw something. I don't know if it's going to pick it up on the camera. He's recording. And then nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, the, the top of the street, you just see somebody start walking. They're wearing a full gown. It's La Llorona. I don't know if it's like a Halloween costume or whatnot. But as she's walking, a car drives right through her. It's like, what the? And the guy's like, hey, hey, look, 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 look. And he's. And she's walking and she's getting closer and closer and she's walking faster and faster towards the guy. But as soon as like he, like she notices him and he notices her, she just cuts yeah. away and kind of drifts into the alleyway. It is the creepiest thing to see. I'm like, the hey, these Mexican CGI is getting good. So whether it's Mexican <laughs> CGI or, or whatever's going on, I mean, it's creepy stuff when you see it on footage. It doesn't sound as creepy, but when you go online, you start watching some of these CCTVs for La Llorona and they know... They know to kind of categorize it as La Llorona because she's wearing the gown and the, you know, the funeral apparel yeah. and stuff like that, or the, the wedding apparel, whatever it is at the time. And, you know, it's just creepy. So did you ever have any experiences with like, uh, just like a weird little, you know, freak out? Not that you saw anything, but did you have any experiences like that there in, in, a, in a, the small town? 
Yeah, the the few times that I do remember, for some reason, all of my memories are in uh, El Campo. <laughs> there we go. That's the scariest part. That's where you're going to yeah, see everything. Yeah, we're, we're just kind of sitting there and some of the cousins would start, you know, kind of the older cousins would start scaring the little yeah. cousins, you know. And again, right, the, at the time, I didn't realize they were cats. Um, yeah. But, you know, we would start hearing the cats and then they'd run and they'd ditch us and we weren't. We never really visited El Campo very much, but I remember they ditched us and we had to kind of find our way back and we didn't even know where we were. And that was kind of the one time that I got scared and then we heard cats and I just, I, I, and again, I, because I think I mixed up Bloody Mary and La Llorona, then a few times later in life, I did the whole, you know, mirror thing and splashing water mm-hmm. or whatever the ritual thing is. And nothing ever popped up besides us scaring ourselves. I think around that exactly. time, I kind of started like moving past like, OK, I don't think really ghosts exist because I never right. really experienced anything like that. I know Jackie kind of told me several stories where she's feels like she's seen spirits and, and whatnot. But I just kind of feel like it's a lot of the because it's passed down and like you said so many people have the same exact story you start thinking like there's some truth behind this like why why does everybody literally have the same story and i mean there most of the stories that really scared me were like chucky at the time because i had a cousin that was like she was obsessed obsessed with chucky she was convinced that the chucky doll she owned once burned down her house and nice you know that they could not get rid of him you know so that scared me because i was spending the night there and they're like we still don't know where the chucky doll is we tried to burn it but it showed up in the house the next day but the la llorona i don't really besides that one time i never really kind of got scared from something like that and yeah my brain kind of functions more that's why i found La Malinche, because I was like, nah, there's some history yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, there has to be there has to be a history of, you know, going back in time. Now, hey, let's go back to dolls a little bit. Now, I was doing not research. I hate to call everything research. I was being nosy on the internet. How about we just say that? <laughs> and I'm just looking stuff up. And I started looking up. Uh, there was a, a guy who was talking about the fact that we're scared of the dark. You know, we get the fear. We get the hibbity bajibities in the dark if you can't see what's out there. Yeah. You, know, you just okay. middle of the night, two, two, three in the morning, you're out there by yourself and it's pitch black outside. You get scared, right? You just get this weird yeah. instinct to be fear. Like you have fear to get, get yourself to shelter. Like something's hunting you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, you know, pretty much going through epigenetics and they find, you know, what the, what the primary cause of that is, what these little fears are. You know, we're afraid of spiders naturally. You know, we saw that there was this big wolf spider downstairs in the, in the master, in one of the, in the guest bathroom on the first floor. The wolf mm-hmm. spider was probably the size of, you know, you, you know, if you open your Apple iPods case all the way open, yeah, the body was that size. It was ginormous Golly. and it was up in the ceiling. So, but we, we fear spiders and snakes instantly, right? Worms. I'm afraid of, of worms. For some reason, I do not like worms. They really annoy me. They scare me. I don't know what it is. So my camera just went crazy. Okay, there we go. No worries. So, so the guy's going through everything, you know, we have a natural fear of, you know, drowning. We have a natural fear of fire. Some people have a natural fear of, you know, sounds. There's one universal fear that we all tend to have, but we don't talk about it. And he goes, we have an unnatural fear of dolls, hyper-realistic dolls. I don't think if anybody's like, 
He's like, well, what are you talking about? That's stupid. No one's afraid of dolls. He goes, are you kidding me? We make movies about dolls that come to life and attack us. You know, what is that? That Mary, that uh, not Mary, but the that little doll that's made like six movies. Annabelle. There's a doll, Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah. There's Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. There's, There's gnomes, so, which are human-ish-like. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, the doll aspect, have you ever been in a room with nothing but dolls? And even before you even saw a scary movie, tell me what feeling you get. And he goes, yeah, you're right. It's a little creepy. He goes, creepy, exactly. So he goes, it's a possibility that at one point, there is a species of human that was very similar to us, but was very dangerous to us. They were hyperhuman-like, but they would cause severe damage to us if we let them get close. So they were dangerous to us. And there's, there's pygmies and stuff that we've found that were missing links between evolution of what we now know as human, you know, as uh you know, from starting from Gigantopithecus, which is a giant like size ape, all the way down to gnomes that we found that were actual human beings that were maybe two feet tall, barely, you know. So we call them pygmies, but they were types of of humanoid creatures that, you know, were have been around. So he goes, it's a strong possibility that they were so hyper realistic to us, like monkeys. Sometimes you'll see a monkey, you're like, this thing looks too real. But a monkey never scares you. Now chimpanzees do scare me, don't get me wrong. I have nightmares about chimps. Chimpanzees are aggressive, though. Those are aggressive. I have, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but I have dreams. I'm high, like, my worst fear when I was from the age of 16 on on forward, I've always been afraid of zombies. But recently, the zombie (laughs) movies have just been outplayed, so I've just enjoyed the zombie genre. It's not really scary anymore. But the, the fact of the zombie that what scared me was rabies. Rabies kind of was a real disease. It was a real form. You know, when a raccoon gets rabies, they're irrational. They can't drink water and they're dangerous. And now they can spread the virus because they're panicking. They're starving to death. They're thirsty and they can't drink water. And they become hyper aggressive because it messes with their, 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 their brain is rotting away in their own skull and they're acting irrational. So once I knew what rabies was, I realized that that can be transferred to humans. So holy smokes, the zombie apocalypse is very very real to Possibly, me. That's why yeah. I was so scared of it. And then the aspects of what are you going to do? What, how are you going to survive? You don't have enough food. What's civilization going to fall apart to? Where are you going to get clean water? All these little aspects as like a 14, 15 year old came into play, which made me scared of zombies, not just the zombie. Cause I could take out maybe one or two zombies, but a mass horde of zombies, stuff like that. You fear these things. I have dreams all the time about zombie apocalypse, but I never, ever see a zombie. Never see one. I just know I'm in the dream. I'm walking around and there's zombies. I know they're there, but they never manifest in front of me in a dream. I'm just like the scariest part oh, wow. is not seeing them. Does that make any sense? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's However, interesting, yeah. Yeah, so the fear of not knowing where they are, if they're going to pop out at me, is scarier than me seeing 100,000 of them. Be like, let's go, baby. Give me a machete. You know, I'm going to fight them. That's the thing. So my brain even knows, don't, don't mess it up. Keep them scared. So I'm scared not knowing where they are, where they're going to come from, how many there are, what they're going to do, if they're smart, they're strong, they're fast. That unknowing is the scariest part to me. I guess just not having control over anything in my surroundings. Yeah, exactly. There's one dream. I have scary dreams all the time, but the one dream that I, I that keeps reoccurring, it's about chimpanzees. A chimpanzee is <laughs> loose and he's chasing me and I cannot get away from him. That's the scariest thing I could ever imagine. The zombie dream is not even compared to the chimp. So long story short, chimps kind of scare me, but when you see him at a zoo, you're not like, okay, well, he's scary. You know, he doesn't creep you out. It's just like, oh, that's a humanoid figure. But 
the, anyways, they, I, look, I, I'm good at going off tangent, but the entire aspect <laughs> of the guy was saying he could be full of crock of nonsense, but him saying that really made me start thinking about that. It really creeped me out a little bit saying we're naturally afraid of dolls, hyper-realistic dolls. Where do you think that comes from? I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. I didn't need that in my brain, you know? So oh my gosh, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? What, how do you feel about that? That the, potentially there was a hyper-realistic humanoid creature that we had to fear because it was dangerous to us. What, what, do, you, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I, can, I can kind of see how that would play into it. It, it kind of makes my brain jump to um, people we see today that have um, mental delays or some type of genetic disorder where they're um maybe smaller in stature but they're very they're very very strong and i i kind of always think about that how if there was at time um a section or a town of humans that either you know got into something that was poisonous or were poisoned or um, you know, kind of developed into either cannibals or some something happened that developed them into a smaller yet dangerously strong human. Uh, yeah. I could see how that would become like a really, really fear um, that would pass down. Kind of like, it kind of makes me think of this tying into La Llorona because even if at some point it was conflated or exaggerated, um, to get to now where we have this irrational fear of dolls, where at one point in history, something did happen with either, even if they were just shorter, right? Like if we know between cultures, Hispanics tend to be shorter than say African-Americans, right? So if there was just a section of humans or a race of humans that, uh, were just on the smaller side and then it got conflated. So now we have this rational fear of dolls. I can see how that would happen too. I, Dolls, I think, always freak me out because I feel like they're, I think the eyes make me feel like I'm being watched. And I think that's yeah. what freaks me out. Even like paintings that have like realistic eyeballs, those tend to freak me out. And I feel with, for me anyways, it has way more to do with eyeballs and like the way that something is looking at me versus okay. it actually being a doll. Um, the Chucky thing just scared me because my cousin's, I think that has a lot to do with it too. When you, when the people telling you the story, when they sound so convinced, I think that's what just like really starts to to kind of rub off. You start to to I always forget is it empathize or sympathize, um, but you start to feel scared. Like one time I was gaming with one of my friends, and he starts telling me uh, he starts telling me like ghost stories. And as he starts, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really scared of ghosts, you know, because I don't, I don't believe in them, you know, I don't find them real. This dude, <laughs> excuse me. Ew. <laughs> Sorry. This dude starts now telling me have to ghost get stories. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's one that he told you? Well, at least tell us one of the stories. Well, he was telling me about the, um, oh no, I'm forgetting the name. You said it earlier. Come the, on. The owl lady. What did you say that was? La Lechusa? Lechusa. La yeah, so he starts telling me about the La Lechusa where he was, uh, they were outside and they were by a tree. And I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess up his story a little bit. If you listen just to this, Just mess it I'm up. Sorry. Just do it the best you can. Best you can. 
so they're out and they're out late later than they're supposed to be and um one of them looks up and he sees like a so i guess like the lala chusa has like a like a bird it's kind of like a bird lady or no i might yes, be mixing she has them the up bird now. of an owl with the face of a witch Okay, yeah, so it's that one. Yeah. So one of them looks up and was like, what's that? And then the others look up and they're like, oh my God, it's not La Chusa. And they start running. So he starts telling me how his uncle, his uncles would always tell him these stories and just kind of a few of the interactions that he's had with them. And by the end of this, this guy is so scared telling me these stories. <laughs> by the end of it, I have my, my big gaming headset on, right? That's like noise canceling. I was right. when I tell you, I was so scared. I had one ear off because I was scared something was going to attack me from behind. When he started thirty minutes prior, I had no fear whatsoever in my body. But I think just the fear in his voice instinctually it was yeah. like, "Nah, if he's this scared, I need to be scared of something." Even though it was just completely in my mind, I was like, "This is completely irrational." Like, how are you scared of a bird lady? Like. This a bird lady, and then okay, by the end of his story, well, yeah, I'm well, like, wait a, I'm like, wait a second. What's well, I don't know. I don't know if you remember. We grew up in a house, and it used to have this tree. I kid you not. This tree behind the house was one of the biggest trees I'd ever seen in my life. It was maybe what 200 feet tall, possibly 150 oh, yeah. to 200 feet tall. Huge tree, and it spanned. The lot is probably 50 to 60 feet wide, and this tree would span. The top of the tree spanned almost three quarters of the way of this entire lot in this tree in certain times of the year, it was an evergreen. So it never went completely, you know, it had these little circle like uh, acorn type things or not acorns, but uh, the, the other one, pine cone it has like these circle little pine cones. Yeah. I don't see anywhere. I don't even know what kind of tree And the tree was like this weird paint color. So if you took the bark, the bark wasn't Brown, you had reds, you had yellows, you had greens in this bark. It was really cool tree. And there was always sap everywhere. You couldn't climb it because there was so much sap because it was like an evergreen. So, you know, certain times of the year, the tree would fill up with, with any kind of blackbird, whether it was crow or ravens. And these, the, these darn birds are so smart. At one point, I remember I was outside late and I was underneath the shed and I could hear the birds all start landing. And what one thing I didn't realize at the time, but ravens, this is maybe where Le Lechusa gets her name and it keeps growing because... At one point, I'm sitting there and I hear it. I'm like, hey, wait, what is, is like a, oh, somebody choking? No. So I walk out and I'm like, what the, I'm in the shed. You know, the shed was right underneath, but I could hear it like it was above the shed. I, I was like, is someone trying to scare me? This is stupid. And I'm looking up and there's hundreds of birds in this tree and they're all making noises. The problem is there's so much noise that. I'm, I'm surprised I can isolate this sound. So I'm like, okay, someone's messing with me. So I'm walking around the shed thinking someone's like, make there's always a neighborhood kid. Yeah, there's always a neighborhood yeah. kid that would come over. But it was late. Probably, probably like 10 o'clock at night in the summer. So like the summer, the sun goes down about 930. But I was still outside uh -huh. at about 10 o'clock. So it goes from being semi-dark to really dark. So I'm looking and I'm looking. I don't see anybody. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I'm locking everything up. I swear somebody says my name. Somebody says, my oh, name. No. so I'm like, okay, oh, okay, no. what's going on here? So I'm looking around, looking around and I'm like, Hey, Hey, who's here? You know, I get kind of, you know, when you get mad or fight. scared, you know, yeah, yeah. My, my flight or flight, I'm like, so all of a sudden I'm like clinching up and I'm screaming every, all the birds go quiet. Cause when you make a lot of noise 
And then as soon as it gets quiet, I hear, <laughs> and a bird flies away. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, are you kidding? No. Man, did I go inside so quick? And then that, I don't know if that same night, but or that following couple of days later, when Jack was like, go throw the trash. I'm like, it's past, I mean, it's past, it's the bird's time right now. I ain't got time to be going outside. You better, you better effing go. I'm like, I guess I'm going. I guess I'm getting killed tonight. So anytime I'd go throw the trash, because you have to walk underneath that tree to go to the dumpster. Man, those birds are so terrifying at night because the sounds they make. So, but anyways, that may be where the lechusa gets her name from. Because those crows, those blackbirds and ravens, man, they, they know how to speak English. I, I swear. But someone said my name and I was like, okay, I'm out. This this can't happen. And oh real quick, gosh. let me, I'll, I'll leave you guys at this because I don't want to run too, too much going on tangents. But this could be a full topic eventually and I'll have you research this. But, you know, talking, talking about, you know, small people, a small creature in the Quran, there's, there's something that's only mentioned twice in the Quran. And it's the, forgive me if I, if I mess it up, but it's the Yajuj and Majuj. These are creatures that in the Quran are set to be, have put away by a king. At the time, they think it's one of the Persian kings that was a very powerful king at the time. He went, he was traveling to meet his, you know, he was traveling to meet areas of, of the world. But when he got to this small city, the people at the city said, hey, we need help. We either need to get out of here or we need help to build a wall. And he's like, what's the problem? He goes, every day we get attacked by this creature and they're different. There's two different species of this creature, the Yajuj and Majuj. They're little creatures. They're humanoid figures. And what they do, this is what made me think about it. Cause when the, the doctor actually brought up small creatures that we should fear, he didn't mention anything about this. And then I end up finding that this is in the Quran and so the king, the king Cyrus, I think it's not King Cyrus, but one of those kings along that timeline, he comes to those people and he's like, hey, you know what? I want to help you guys. So I, all I need from you guys is the labor power to build a wall for you guys. They're like, okay, okay, okay. So, so, okay. So he funded this huge wall. At the time, they, con they confused it with the Great Wall of China, but it's in the wrong area. So the wall was to encompass a mountain. And the mountain, the peaks are so high that you can't really travel outside other than the pathway that comes to the mountain. So the king helped build this wall around this entire mountain. So, and the wall wasn't made to protect the people outside the wall. Uh, it wasn't meant to protect anybody inside the wall. I mean, it's to keep people inside that wall. So they built this wall so tall and so thick that the Yajuj and Majuj would take centuries to get out. But, however... The centuries, the, the clock was ticking. So every once in a while, a team of specialized people would have to go out there every few couple hundred years and fix the wall because the Yajuj and Majuj dig day in and day out. They're digging and digging and digging. But Allah himself tells these people, you need to go repair the wall at this time. And he tries to help, but he can only help so much because the Yajuj and Majuj are so powerful. They're so thick, little, powerful creatures that one of them, there's... They're so overpopulated. For example, at one point, I might get the math wrong, but there's, there's, there's a term where they say that one out of every nine hundred and ninety-nine will get into, will will go to heaven. People, so people are like, well, well, how are we so bad that only one person out of every nine hundred ninety-nine of us will go to heaven? He goes, one person outside the wall will go to heaven, 
But for every person outside the wall on the whole planet, there's 999 Yajuj and Majuj for every one human in existence right now. These people are so dangerous, and there's so many of them. If they ever get through this wall, the way the world used to be, like the Dark Ages and before that, it will go back to what it used to be. So well, and now, now the legend is saying that the Yajuj and Majuj are getting close because no one's repaired the wall in such a long time because no one knows where it is anymore. That the Yajuj and Majuj are the epicenter of the end of the world. I didn't need more end of the world apocalypse stories, by the way. But I I, t- oh I found this out probably like God. two months ago. So if you guys if you guys know anything, I might have I might have butchered it. So if we have any Islamic uh, listeners, this is a story in the Quran um, that I recently just learned of the Yajuj and Majuj because we ended up watching that. Actually, it came from the the movie that we saw with Chris Pratt. When he's the the alien movie, what is it called? The Tomorrow War. The one, the Tomorrow War. So as we're watching the movie, I'm told, "Wait a second, this story is very similar to a story I know." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" There's a wall. There's a an ice. Well, in in this story, it's the creatures have always been here, but they've been locked away in ice. But because of us, we melt the ice and they get out eventually because global warming. It's a very similar story. So we've done something to cause these creatures to come out. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, what the heck? It, but this could be a whole secondary episode. I didn't mean to conflate La Llorona with Yajuj and Majuj because <laughs> that's two different cultures right there. So my bad. Well, well, my, my friend's story, I, I don't know why I thought it was um, the Chusa, but I, well, I think it, it kind of is because kind of some of these folklores kind of tend to go like – it's kind of weird because it seems like everybody kind of has the same folklore, but it has like a slightly different variant to it or a different name. But his is actually, um, I guess I used to go to this ranch and it's actually a, Na- a Navajo um, folklore of a skinwalker. That's the one that he was scared of. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. And that was the story that he started telling me because I'd never heard about the skinwalker. And the way that he described it without actually being able to describe it, I think ultimately that helped freak me out too, where I I was so, we were so both so scared. We just went to bed because we literally couldn't put our headphones on our head. We were so So, scared. Okay. Okay. So that's what we'll do next episode. Cause this is an important one because right now the skinwalker, there's multiple documentaries about skinwalker ranch and stuff like that where there's unexplained things happening at Skinwalker Ranch that we should be able to explain with science, but we just can't. There's so many crazy things that happen. So our next episode, I'm telling you right now, Skinwalker Ranch and the Skinwalkers, because this is a good topic. This is a topic I think we probably should have hit first to get people hooked, because these are good topics. This Like Yorona and these kind of little weird, quirky stories, these, these are like... More like ooey, ooey, ooey. Yeah, just and I think it'd be interesting then. too because with with La Llorona, quickly I found okay, La Llorona's most likely La Malinche. So okay, perfect, yeah. it's it's most likely like a, a really his, a real historical figure, but with things like dolls and skinwalkers, you're like that has got to have a darker history behind it for Some, yes, all of these people. These are the ones we need. So yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll try, yeah. but if I get too scared, I'm gonna have to be like, I don't know, do that one yourself. Hey, hey, hey! I'll I'll do it myself. Once don't listen to the sunlight. <laughs> I know, I know. Please do, please do, please. <laughs> I want I want comments. Hey, 
I can't, I can't, I can't do this guys it's too much. So, you know, these, these are kind of cool topics that I like. I don't know what's going on lately, but nobody in the house likes scary stories or anything they, or scary movies, but I don't know what's happened to me, but every other movie that I want to watch has been a scary movie. And like, <laughs> there's, there's that one movie with Chris Rock that just came out where he's, it's like a spinoff of Saw. Have you seen that one? It's oh, like Spiral no. or something like that. Oh, Spiral. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah, I saw I it. Thought it. I thought it is. A sp- I thought it is related to Saw, though. Like how it Saw is, comes it in. It is. Okay, okay. It is. It's it's very similar. So it's it's part of the movie, and they did that one really well. Actually, they did a very good job on Spiral. So or I think that's what as, it's called. But as Chris gruesome Ro- as Chris the Ro- Saw movies are, they're very they're very well thought out, but they're very very gruesome. But I remember watching them as a kid with. Just watching them as a kid for some reason. Yeah. Who knows why? <laughs> yeah. Good parenting. That's why. Great parenting. <laughs> so. But I remember watching them and be like, this this guy, this guy's on to something. Like he's he's good. He's thought this out. <laughs> this isn't just you a have, gore horror movie. Are you ready he's, to play a game? I know. Ira, he's trying to teach you people. Have, <laughs> yeah. You have mistreated your child for many a year, telling him he's stupid and not funny. But today, I'll give you an option. Cut off your own head or say you're sorry. Okay, uh, I'll say I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not sorry. Too late. Cut off your head. Dang. But the, this, this, the Spiral movie is actually pretty fun. I don't know where I was going with that, to be honest with you. My, my brain just, just went on Just because you said nobody likes scary movies in the house, but you're obsessed. Oh, yeah. Weirdo. But it was good. It was good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but from that one... It's kind of gruesome, but as long as you don't, if you're, if you don't like gruesome movies, just don't watch, like kind of cover your eyes for that part. But the story is actually pretty good. The story is like decent. It's worth watching. Now, is it as funny as my, my wife's hitman's bodyguard or whatever that one's called? My bodyguard's wife's, oh my God. Have you seen that oh, movie? I want to watch that one. Is it out to rent? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's out to rent. <laughs> Did you see that Allegedly. one in theaters? <laughs> yes, of course. I paid full do- dollar value on that movie. Okay, I'll how wait else would you comes watch out movie? on Amazon? <laughs> Shit, I kind of told on myself, huh? My bad. Yes, I paid oh, for man. every movie. Because I, I, I messaged my friend. Really I don't quick use and a I VPN. Like, I don't use a VPN for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged my friend because uh, I couldn't remember the story. You know, I was butchering it, and okay. then. I guess uh, the Skinwalker is a not half even man, close. half horse. Oh, <laughs> I know it was weird. No, out. it's not. No, it's not. No, That's the, the story, story he's the been told. He's like, okay. he's like, you want pictures? I was like, please don't. <laughs> no, the, the Skinwalker, the thing, the reason it's called the Skinwalker and the reason Native Americans would call it, and it's not a Navajo thing, so it's not just one specific. The Native Americans, here's here's the thing, and we'll, we'll stop it here. But the Native Americans believed in something like a type, they've, they always saw different types of yetis and Bigfoots. You know, they always called them different things. If you Google Bigfoot and, you know, um, Native American mythology, you'll find cryptids of just hundreds of different versions of these creatures, you know, that they would bury their own dead and all this other stuff. And up until when they found, I bring this up every single episode, I feel like, but when when they found the first jawbone of Gigantopithecus in an apothecary shop in China, we didn't even know that Bigfoot was even a real thing, that ever was a real thing. We just thought people were crazy. 
So considering that before we ended up finding actual physical evidence of Bigfoot existing ever, we saw cave drawings of Bigfoot. We saw, you know, things in the Alps of these, these abominable snowmans. We saw things in China by this hairy, tall man that was like seven feet tall that lived in the woods. So, you know, these little things, a skinwalker kind of went the whole gamut of mythology in a lot of different places. Native Americans were the ones who pointed it out and said, these things will come in different form. These things will come to our people in different forms. Sometimes they're here for good, but sometimes they're here like the white man as evil and mean harm to us. But we have found peace with the skinwalker. As long as you abide by the rights of them, they leave us alone. We give gifts like dogs and feed to them to keep us safe. If you disobey the rules of nature, they will come and find you and seek revenge. Anything else, Bob? No, that's all I got. It's like, I didn't know you spoke like that, Bob. I guess so, you are you know, Native American. <laughs> my people have come many times. Most people don't believe me unless I talk that way. So, but no, their, their whole spiritual connection to the skinwalker was based on them making peace with them. Now that's oh, a creepy snap. story because if you're, I get mythology. Hey, you gotta, you, you gotta pray to the gods, donate a sheep, yada, 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 which we just kind of see that now, right? You go kill a sheep for aid and stuff like that. But when your job is to keep peace with these things or else you're going to war with them, wait a second, wait a second. A so skinwalkers, it's, it's yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and just leave it there because I don't want to get too far into I want you to do a little research on this one because this one's going to be a big episode, I think. This one will, okay. will get people to listen to us because Skinwalker is a big thing right now and they change forms. That's all I'm going to say. But the native Dang. people. Okay. And, and I will be back on the next episode as a guest. <laughs> My people have fought the Skinwalkers for many moon. I now only have three fingers and half an eye. God dang it. Okay. That's all I got. That's all he got. Get out of here. Get out of here, Black Raven. <laughs> hey, guys. But remember, anyways. if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to go down, uh, leave us a awesome review and a five stars. That really helps us out in the algorithm. And if you're li listening on a different platform, just give us whatever positive feedback they allow you to give, what, what, if it's a heart or a thumbs up. Um, or any type of rating, rate it the highest you can. We appreciate that very much. We appreciate your support always. And remember, it's never too crazy, y'all. The licensed plumber just tweaked out. You <laughs> think just spazzing out? I'll say, okay. <laughs> I think we're still recording, right? The skinwalkers came. They're like, nah, you ain't gonna talk about us. Chips, 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 chips. <laughs> you should have seen my screen. It was all, and I was like, <laughs> I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> ¶¶
Thank you for watching the show. Tune in next time. Like and subscribe. See you soon. <laughs>